Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi there and welcome to So I Got To Thinking, your weekly podcast where we take the iconic questions of Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City and ask if they're still relevant for the modern day. You are joined as ever by author and journalist Juno Dawson, by London PR maven Dylan B. Jones and this week we have a very special guest. We are thrilled to be joined by content creator and star of Trini London, it's Chloe Delolio. Hi, Chloe. Hi, how are you? Hi, Juno. Hi, Dylan. How are you? Hi, hi. We're good. Yeah, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, yeah, I didn't sleep well, as I was saying, but um, I'm I'm so happy to be here with you. So it's great. Lo- looking forward to this episode, to be honest. I rewatched the episode last night and it was really fun. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to you're, um, you're our first guest post-lockdown. We, we haven't been brave enough because both Dylan and I basically a children of the Nokia age. Um, we are terrified of technology. And so this is the first time since lockdown that we've attempted to have a three-way. So <laughs> so thank you for being our first threesome, Chloe. It's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Dylan, would you like to tell us about the episode we're watching this week, which was 20-something girls versus 30-something women? Yeah, so this is like um, quite a memorable episode, I think. The the four ladies go to get the jitney to the Hamptons, uh, wear, wear amazing outfits while doing so. It's basically just like the four of them having a good time in the Hamptons um, and encountering lots of 20-something men and women along the way and realising that they're like a bit older than them now. Charlotte meets, uh, what's his name? Greg. Charlotte Greg. meets a, a 20-something guy, Greg. Samantha doesn't really do much. Are you mad? She has a run-in with Nina G. Oh, yeah, assistant. Nina G. <laughs> Drama, drama. So much drama. Yeah, I forgot about that. It was Miranda who doesn't really do much, isn't it? There's no. There's not much for Miranda. Actually, um, yeah, no, then, Miranda, Miranda sits this one out. Yeah, and then um, Carrie meets a doctor and then has a run-in with Mr. Big. <gasps> oh, and the, the question that Chloe and Dylan and I will attempt to answer this week is, are 20-something women a friend or a foe to women in their 30s and above? Now, for clarity, Chloe, can we just give you an age check? <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, this year I'm 32, so I'm 30-something. <gasps> Early 30-something. Oh. oh, okay, so you're in my team. Dylan, how old are you? 28. So, for, for the purposes of this conversation, Dylan, you can be our friend or our foe. Well, the first question that I wanted to put to you guys is I thought it was really nice that they were all going on a group holiday. Mm-hmm. But group holidays with friends, it can be quite a test. What what are your views, Chloe, on group holidays with friends? Um, they always carry drama, but they're also super fun. Um, I've been on holiday for, I think, two years in a row now with my uh, queer family, and it has been amazing. And oh. um, I mean, I, I'm single and queer and happy and whatever. So I think it's the best way to just go and have fun instead of... Um, I mean, I think it's great. Uh, it's still drama because they're always uh, drama. <laughs> but I, I think why not? Couple, yeah, group holidays weirdly i've never really done one how wild is that i've been on hindus abroad does that count and that was complex because there was about 12 women in paris with several vegetarians i don't know if you've ever tried to find vegetarian food in paris it is not easy 12 personalities is really difficult and at the time there was an interesting thing that didn't come up in this episode which is if some of the group have a lot more money and so like some of the group when we were in Paris were like oh my god we want to go to the Moulin Rouge which is like 30 euros whereas some of us were kind of like still students so that was really difficult but I would love to go on a friend's holiday and I think now that I am firmly into my 30s. In fact, next year I turn 40. Um, I really want to go. So like Max and I have done a few couples holidays, which are very chill and very easy. But I want to I wanna go with my friends. And actually, Ed, our beautiful producer, me and Ed and his partner, Tommy, we've talked about doing like the, the, dub, the double dating holiday. So maybe once we're allowed to board a plane again, me and Max and Tommy and Ed might venture off yeah. somewhere lovely and sunny. The ladies. What about, what, about, what about you, Dylan? Have you had any group holidays? No, I haven't actually. And I think it's because um, I don't quite like any of my friends enough. <laughs> <laughs> On that, can I ask, can I add something? I have memories of my t- early twenties uh, holidays with friends that were friends, but like school friends, like the remaining of school friends. And I remember most of the times, sort of hating them, and not for a discrepancy in uh, in money, but for the discrepancy in interests. I know that like all of them were just interested in like just. I don't know, I can't remember going to the beach and just sit there the whole day. And at the time, I really wanted to explore the cities. I really wanted to do things like interesting. And and all the times I was like, okay, you stay there and I'm going to go with the bus. I'm going to go in the museum. So I was the different one all the times. I don't know, but I I didn't really enjoy them that much. For So for a while in my late 20s, I haven't really done them. I'd rather go with my mom, to be honest. But uh, recently, I just, I just chose my friends much more wisely. Or yeah, yeah, like, and I really just go and do things with people that really. So there can be discussions, but it's always uh, tr- there's always trust between us. So that's that's the different. That, that's probably key to enjoy the holiday. And that's interesting because I think that's something that we get better at as we get older. I have memories of like not go. I haven't really been on any group holidays, but even just like 
in my early 20s, like, group gatherings or nights out, there would always be, like, drama, like, there would always be, like, someone who wanted to do one thing, like, oh, I wanted to, like, pop into this shop or, like, and you'd, it felt like you were always waiting for someone because everyone was doing different stuff. But but I can <laughs> totally see Dylan, and I'm really surprised you said this because I can so see you in, like, Kavos, just, like, <laughs> doing doing jello shots with your cisgender girlfriend. Oh, my kind God. Of when, when you're about 19. Where's <laughs> Dylan? And then just them finding you sleeping in a dumpster several hours later oh my god no it is surprising um I think it's because um in my early 20s most of my friends were like a few years older um is there anything else that we want to say about the jitney um because to me that looks like my living definition of hell on earth so have any of us have any of us been on the jitney Chloe have you been to New York and been on the jitney no I haven't no no No. have you no no I mean the the closest thing I could think of was getting the train from London to Brighton Pride okay but it takes the jitney takes four hours oh my god in four hours so that's how long it takes me to drive to the hay festival and that feels like a long fucking drive. And I would traditionally stop off twice to use a service station. So my question for our New York listeners is, does the Jitney have a toilet? Because <laughs> other- otherwise, do you have to hold it for four hours? That's a good um, question. That to me is the most terrifying thing. So straight away, I have decided that when I become a millionaire and move to Manhattan... I don't know. I need a helicopter to get me to the Hamptons, I think. <laughs> like in succession. Just call up uh, call up Melania. <laughs> just, Hi, Melania. How are we getting to the Hamptons this weekend, babes? So, so that was my fear. But I did like the whole, in TV terms, we would refer to this as a bottle episode. So where you take the characters outside of their usual scenario. So for example, we see this again later when they go to Atlantic City or where they go to Los Angeles. So they take all the girls outside of Manhattan, plonk them down in the Hamptons, and then we all have these various age-related dilemmas. Yeah, I liked um, Greg, Charlotte's man. He was cute. He was he was the love interest in the Britney Spears movie Crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Do you know what? I've never seen that movie. <gasps> Dylan, it has Kim Cattrall in as Britney Spears' mum. Oh my god. I love when she when Charlotte introduces them to Greg and they're all like, hi Greg. <laughs> hi Greg. But yeah, he's gorgeous. But like, yeah, he's he's like very obviously younger, isn't he? Like he behaves younger. And Charlotte's like getting really kind of caught up in it all and is like reliving her twenties. The other three ladies are quite sort of cynical. But I completely sympathise with Charlotte because when I moved back down to Brighton in 2015, by that point I was already maybe 33. I'd just started my transition and when I moved back, I made friends... Well, basically, we started Club Silencio. Now, the other founder of Club Silencio is is around my age. But the rest of the team are these very cool, very queer club kids who were fresh out of art school. It's like Misha, Kit and Bridget. They were all, they're basically like 24, 25. And I kind of wanted to be them because they were so much cooler than me. And so rather than being like, oh, you guys, I'm just going to go home and walk my dog. I was like, hey, where's the after party, you guys? You know, oh, my God, let's go dancing on the beach. And so I completely get where Charlotte's coming from. But luckily, I ain't never crab crabs. <laughs> yeah, Chloe, have you so you turned 30 recent, recently-ish. 
Yeah, I, t- I turned 31 last November, so 32 in November. So I'm actually in between, actually. Do you, th- do you think there's been any difference, Chloe? Well, um, I think, I don't know, maybe I feel slightly wiser, <laughs> like, uh, for, like, as much as, as someone can feel wiser. I think I kind of, like... I don't know. I've always had this FOMO in life that I'm still working on with my therapist. But I remember in my 20s, I had it even more. And basically, I think I've been, I, ha- I was in a relationship when I was in my early 20s, just uh, after finishing uh, school, starting uni. But then I've been single uh, from like most of my 20s. My friends were all engaged. So I was the one always like, shall we go clubbing? Shall we go drinking? Shall we go? And everyone's like, no, I'm fine. You're all right. Like, and I always <laughs> missed out going on these nights out and everything. And I've always had this, uh, like, I'm not living my life enough. So then I moved to London and I started working and I dedicated myself to work. But now sort of like came out with uh, as queer as soon as I moved to London, <laughs> like not, not long after. So I actually started exploring a little bit like more like nightclubs and and living life and that's got oh my god this is so difficult to kind of talk about but basically I can actually do whatever I want now and actually sometimes I just rather stay home and read a book or watch a film instead of going clubbing it sounds like London was really like a turning point in your life and it sounds like that's kind of what you needed to do. Yeah. Because I, like, I've t- I've totally, I still have it a little bit, but particularly in my early 20s, I had the exact same thing that you've just described. The fear that, like, you're not doing enough in life. Even if you're doing loads. Like, I've always done loads, but it's felt like it's never enough. And that's partly why, like, I've always worked in, like... Uh, magazines and PR because it's like really exciting and like and I imagine your job's quite similar as well like it's you're very involved in like media and doing things and meeting people and that's why I found like lockdown so difficult as well but that's like a different that's a different uh, issue um, but yeah I totally I totally know what you mean I, I saw a therapist about it as well actually that, <laughs> but that is so interesting because so I'm six years older than Chloe and ten years older than Dylan it's the FOMO that has gone away for me and that's strangely what has faded so now and I think what you will you will both experience this at some point brace yourself for the moment where you enter the club and think to yourself, fuck me, I'm so old. And, and that <laughs> and will that- happen. It happened to me. It was Revenge, which is Brighton's biggest gay bar, but gay club. Me and my friend Lewis went in maybe five, six years ago. And we stepped inside and basically it was teenagers dancing to Kesha. And <laughs> Lewis and I kind of looked at each other and it was like that Adore Delano moment where she's like, I don't belong here. And, <laughs> and I realised I, I realized my life was going to change. And then actually I realised that that feeling of, oh my God, you're missing out on the best night of your life went away because I realised that I wasn't. So now I fully accept that my life is very different to how it was 10 years ago when I was out until dawn and getting absolutely shit-faced all the time. But genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, I just don't miss it anymore. And I remember, I think it was the first time I didn't go to Mighty Hoopla and I thought I was going to have this terrible FOMO. And actually... I just didn't care. <laughs> so I love you, Glenn, and I love um, I love 
Mighty Hoopla and I will go next year. But I was supposed to get married this year on the same day as Mighty Hoopla. And of course, when I realized we'd booked The Clash... I was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> but the girl, the um, ladies in Section of the City realise the same thing, I think, don't they, when they go to that beach party and there's, like, someone throwing up <laughs> and, like, someone, like, knocks Miranda and she, like, spills her drink like that. And, yeah, like before, like, Charlotte's getting involved, but the other three are just like, oh, God, like, I just want to go home and have a glass of wine. <laughs> it's been a long time since Carrie has pumped a keg. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, let's take a short break and we will be back after these short messages. See you in a sec. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi there, and welcome back to So I Got to Thinking. This season, we are being proudly sponsored by Brighton Gin, Brighton's independent gin distillery run by my good friend, Kathy. And this week, I am bringing you a recipe. It's a classic with a twist. It's a cardamom gin and tonic. Um, you know, I remember last week I was making fun of producer Ed for having chicory, a chicory <laughs> Collins. He did indeed have the ingredients necessary. Um, so he will also have these ingredients. Um, what is what is a chicory? Is it like a plant? Fuck knows. I still don't know. I don't know. Um, so you will you will need um, 50 milliliters of Brighton gin, two, three or four whole cardamom pods and 100 milliliters of classic tonic water. You're simply going to pour your gin over ice 
and then crush the cardamom pods so they split open and drop those into your gin and then pour over the tonic and get this, it's so classy. Serve with dried or fresh rose petals. If if, if I was trying to seduce someone, that's what I would serve them. So let, let, let's actually try to answer their, their actual dilemma about this notion of should women in their 30s and 40s be threatened by women in their 20s? None of them say something that I think is really obvious, which is I just don't think this dilemma exists for men because I think men very rarely feel threatened by other men because they're not having to compete for space in the same way that women are, especially in the workplace. Um, I've seen this somewhat. Again, let's absolutely not name names. But when I was recently out as a trans woman, oh, we're in Trans Corner. Hooray. Bing bong, bing bong. There was some argy-bargy between other trans women in the media because, of course, if you are all fighting for the same seat at the sofa, they're only ever going to have one trans woman. And so some other trans women in the media were a little bit wary of another trans woman coming in, even though I was in my 30s. And there was I did feel a palpable sense of, don't step on my toes. But I think that's insane because the answer is that, you know, at every level, we just need more women, women in their 30s, women in their 20s. And I'm a big believer, and it's my friend Kerry who always said as a little mantra, leave the ladder down. Like if you've if you've reached a certain place in the workplace, don't pull the ladder up. You know, use your space in any industry to make space for other women. You know, if you feel like, oh, I'm the woman in this team, and if they bring in another woman, she is a threat, I don't think that's particularly helpful. And that's why I don't think Samantha should have been threatened by Nina Grabowski. And you like to think that actually Samantha is the kind of woman who would mentor young publicists with the hope that the Nina G's of this world would go out and then start their own PR agencies and that Samantha would recognize that there is plenty of room for publicists in New York City and that she doesn't need to be the one true publicist. And so I think now, if they were making this episode now, I don't think Sam would be threatened by Nina G. And actually, she would make herself available as a resource to women in their 20s who are starting out in the way that I hope I can be a resource to young writers and especially writers from my marginalized backgrounds. But do you think that Samantha's reaction when they were in the office was just solely about the age or the attitude of Nina (laughs) when she asked her to do something for her? was a bit, a bit much. What do you think? I have my own, like, life uh, without you. Like, she was a bit, like, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, yeah, Nina Nina is a nightmare. I mean, let's be clear. It's just a bit where she turns to her and says, you're so deluded. (laughs) I have personal relationships of my own, you know? Like, who do you think you are? Like, okay, calm down, baby. It's fine. (laughs) Um, What have your experiences been like, Chloe? Because you you work for Trini London, um, and I imagine that's like, you, you work with with pretty much all women. So what's, have, have you noticed any like age things, like people behaving differently or? Well, so we have like, especially I'm in the marketing team. We, most of us, like most of the marketing team are actually 
quite young, they are in their 20s, apart from the three managers that are like in their 30s. Um, but no, I think, I mean, I, I was a bit shocked with, the, with Nina's behavior because I've never seen anything like it. And the interns <laughs> or like the PAs that we had, they've always been like really polite and really like, I can do everything for you. I've never heard anyone like speaking to their boss like that. It's crazy. So um, no, um, age wise, I think it's pretty like we're all super young and we're all kind of like super, we're all super young. Yeah, I mean, included, but we <laughs> Uh, kind of like no um, I don't think there is an age sort of like threat in that I think it might be something that's changed that's developed a bit more like since the 90s since Sex of the City I think now like younger people uh, younger women and just younger people in general um, are expected to kind of do adult things a lot more quickly so I think like it's now not uncommon for a 20 year old to be doing like quite a senior quite an important job whereas before maybe in the 90s that would have been unheard of I think in general as well, and this is partly because of Sex and the City, we have slightly reframed. I I like to think that ageism is getting better full stop. And so that a woman now wouldn't need to feel threatened by a 20-something. Because I, I can only speak for myself, but I'm not particularly scared about turning 40. And that's because I grew up on Sex and the City. I saw amazing women in their 40s, including people like Trini, including people like Mary Portis. You know, I remember watching Mary Portis when I was in my 20s and thinking, fuck me, she's an absolute boss. You know, Meryl Streep, you know, these are not just, I mean, it's that old Tina Fey and Amy Perlajuk, which is finally there are roles for Meryl Streep's in their 70s. But, you know, growing up with people like Amy Perler, Tina Fey, Kerry Washington, Viola Davis, amazing women, whereby you don't drop off the face of the earth when you hit 30 anymore. And I think even in the 90s, you know, actresses like Julia Roberts and Ashley Judd started to slow down when they couldn't play the ingenue anymore. Whereas I think now, you know, we see women like Charlize Theron, who kind of really came into their own in their 40s. You know, I think like Charlize Theron was in her late 30s when she did Mad Max, kind of, which which is amazing. I have to say, like, now that you mentioned Trini, she is a, a great inspiration for me as well in the sense that, like, she's uh, over 50, she's 50 something and uh, she really... <laughs> She really shows how age, like the more you age, the more you can become really confident and cool. I remember before, like when I turned 30, uh, like uh, two years ago, and uh, I was be- just before turning uh, 30, I was in the office and I was just crying. Like I was, apart from I was overwhelmed by, by work, but I was dreading thir- turning 30 so badly. And um, I remember <laughs> she's so, so it was a Friday, we were in the office and basically to make me feel better, she organized a sort of like, um, surprise Sunday for me with my with my best friend and colleague Federica in a spa. She turned up there as well to do some of the treatments with us, with the two of us. And basically, she 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 made me find a, a bunch of flowers with a card that said something like, "I don't know if I still have it here." Uh, when I turned thirty, uh, was the best period of my life because I finally found myself. I finally found love, and I finally found peace with myself and uh, so enjoy because that's the best age so don't worry and that was amazing and that really made made like a difference as well as seeing her keep saying that over 50 the, the moment she turned 50 she started stopping caring about what everyone says just being herself going for her for following her 
dream, following her plans, and be chilled. And that's to me it has been a big inspiration, if I have to be honest. Mm. So I mean, I'll just add to that, Dylan. That I was thirty-one when I came out as trans. So you know, my whole twenties, while I was having a great time, I literally didn't know who I was. I mean, I think that couldn't be clearer, really, that for me, my 30s, my whole life fell into place. And I don't think I could have done that in my 20s because I was just too drunk. (laughs) I was thinking about, we were talking about, um, Juno, earlier you said that it's a problem that's that's like quite specific to women. (gasps) Are you going to talk about ageism on the gay scene? I am. (laughs) Thank you, because I was just about to ask. Do you know what? Men, cis men have problems too, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah, like it is, I, uh, but I do think it's much less of a problem than it used to be. Ageism, like a, one stereotype of the gay scene is that ageism is huge on the gay scene. Um, and it does still happen. Like you hear about like a lot of people set their um, grinder age filters um, on grinder to like 30 and under. So anyone over 30, they just don't see them. And it's just like, well, for a start, you're missing out because guys are, guys in their 30s and over are great. Like Brad Pitt is 52. Like, come on. <laughs> Again, there um, are great rules for men in their 50s if they're Brad Pitt. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I think it's, I do think it's, it's still bad, but it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be. And also, like, older men, are now fetishized in the gay community, like the whole daddy thing mm. um, is like, and to a degree, I think in general, older men, like, I don't know, people like, um, like Idris Elba is like a huge sex symbol now. Whereas the nineties was all about like Leonardo DiCaprio, who looked like 13, even, even as a gay man, like I don't experience anywhere near the amount of age crap that you, um, that you, that you women do. I think the, it's it's like so many things, it comes down to media representation. And I think that Sex and the City was really important in that it was for women in their 30s in a way that that was slightly the dead age in that we saw it's the Tina Fey, um, Tina Fey thing again is like you, you can play the girlfriend or the district attorney. And it's what do you do in the middle of those two periods? And actually women in their 30s and 40s were very invisible. So you had like the Golden Girls and you had Beverly Hills 90210. But there wasn't really anything in the middle. What happens to women in those formative years where you stop being first love, but then you're not yet mother kind of and I think that's what Sex and the City did really really well which is it showed what does happen in that middle the middle bit kind of and that's why I I guess I stopped being scared of the middle bit because I could see that oh my god there is a future let's talk about the return of Mr Big and of course the first appearance of Natasha Big, a beautiful, beautiful Bridget Moynihan, dressed head to toe in Ralph Lauren, just so gorgeous. Yes, I, was, I would have vomited as well. I thought Carrie's outfit was fab, but like next to Natasha, she just looks she looks like slightly ridiculous. Like she was wearing a pink, the, like oh. <laughs> a little top. She yeah. was shocked. Like her face when she saw Mr. Big and Natasha was like. She stood there like for maybe five minutes staring at them. She couldn't believe. Oh, it was it was cringe. And actually, I thought Chris Noth did a blinding job as well. And I thought his performance of just that sheer, I was going to call, I was going to call. And to see Big flustered is very yeah. unusual, but even Big was shook. Um, and it's so, dr- it's so dramatic, isn't it? Afterwards when she like vomits on the beach with fireworks, it's just like so extra. Oh, but I, but I understand it. I mean, we often criticise Carrie for being ridiculous, 
But she, I think, was able to move past Big because he was on the other side of the world. And, you know, to then find out that, oh, you're in America and B, you've been back a while and you didn't even think to tell me you were coming back. Oh, and also you have a five foot 11 girlfriend um, who looks like a retired catwalk model is, which literally is what Bridget Moynihan was. Um, You're just like, fuck. And so I really felt for her. That was, and obviously basically it's part one of a two part special because next week it's about to get even worse for poor Carrie. But yeah, poor old Carrie. And the other guest star was... I mean, do we need to say anything about Dr. Bradley Mego, who we never see ever again? I, I just think it's really clear that she doesn't fancy him. I liked him. I thought he was mm. sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he was kind of like, whatever. Like, he was sweet, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, he was he, he was really sweet, but I don't know. Yeah, he, she clearly wasn't into him at all. She just kind of like, okay, let's see how it goes, but... Yeah, I mean, she only slept with him because she was worried about catching crabs off Charlotte, which is... And she was honest about it. Yeah, that's true. Um, We should say as well that crabs have been almost eliminated due to the rise of the Brazilian wax. So by, by and large, people don't get crabs now because people don't have pubes anymore. I don't know if that's really sad or not. Um, but yeah, crabs have been pretty much eradicated. I um I had them at uni. <gasps> That's so retro. <laughs> yeah, and you can literally see, you can see them moving around. <gasps> wow! <laughs> no. You can you can see them like walking around. <laughs> How did you eradicate them from your body? So you buy you can buy um special shampoo at Superdrug or Boots, and you just have to do the special shampoo. Um, and then you have to like wash everything, like wash all of your clothes and all of your bedding. Um, and I had to tell my housemates as well. <laughs> Wait, were you really popular when you told your housemates you had crabs? <laughs> Do you know what? Like, I lived in quite a sort of um, ad hoc, like student house, and they all just found it really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And my final piece of trivia for this episode is Rachel Miner, who plays Carrie's young acolyte Laurel, her 25-year-old virgin friend, is the former Mrs. Macaulay Culkin. Oh, she was oh. married to Macaulay Culkin. She, she was, was indeed, indeed. Yes. yes. Wow. Oh. <laughs> That's a good little fact. She was very, they were very, very young when they got married and it only lasted a couple of years. But yes, she was the original Mrs. Macaulay Culkin. That's so cool to know. So 20, so should we finish with the question? 20-something girls, 20-something girls, friend or foe? <laughs> Chloe, what do you think? It doesn't depend on the age, it depends on the person. Decent 20-something or decent 30-something? That's probably the question. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that 20-something women are not just friends, but also uh, mentees. And I, I, I feel a responsibility as a woman who has done phenomenally well in my career to make space for other young women, especially, especially young trans women. It's really nice what you were saying earlier, Chloe, about um, how Trini's been like a really nice role model for you. Um, as an as an older successful woman, um, I think Carrie says a nice thing at the end. She says she Carrie concludes until she sees Natasha. <laughs> she concludes there are youthful doppelgangers who need our compassion more than anything. That's a good uh, ending to to that. I think the the other big thing as well is is financial security. Not every woman in her thirties has financial security, but I think 
you're more likely to. And actually, my God, sometimes I think, you know, how limited I was in my 20s by the fact I just wasn't earning very much money because I started out as a teacher and my starting salary was terrible. So, um, you know, as I headed into my 30s, it was like being 20, only I was better in bed and had money. Hooray! (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us, Chloe. Thank you for inviting me. This was really fun. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to um like give listeners like a little a little hint of like what you're up to and what you what you do at Trini London and stuff and what you've got coming up? Sure. Um well at Trini London I'm uh, I'm in charge. I'm I run the video production department. So we are uh experimenting with new formats and we are looking at creating new shows. We are we are we have plans for new shows on on Trini on Trini's channels and that's exciting. On my own uh, uh, channels, I started actually this um, series of interviews uh, called The Body Talks and uh, that I'm doing on, uh, on Instagram Live. And I've, I've done two and one is coming up uh, like it's every Sunday around 12. And it's good because like I it's like using the body as a starting point for a, for a bigger conversation that is like empowering other women or like shine the light on on other people's like stories and um so i just had last episode with was this megan key who's a transgender activist and we talked about like um trans representation in the media we talked about disclosure and we were chatting about uh, that and i i wanted megan to share her story and then um, many more guests are coming up uh that are gonna share the story and we're gonna chat about things so i think it's great and um yeah and this opportunity like being in the podcast or like being in interviews and and talk as as juno was saying it's great to give space to other women to to share the story and to be represented in uh, in social media and everywhere so i do totally agree and uh, i thank you for this opportunity and uh where where can where can we find you online clary so my social media at chloe dallolio which is name and surname so c-h-l-o-e-d-a-l-l-o-l-i-o that's that's difficult but maybe you you will link it somewhere of course and that's it and that's it i'm there and actually, I will add to what Chloe has just said. Definitely watch the documentary Disclosure, which is on Netflix. And um, I cried because it was the first time that I've seen such an in-depth look at trans representation in film and television. And let me tell you, it paints a very depressing picture and explains how we've ended up in such a shitty mess with trans rights, I think. Exactly. Watch it all because it's really, really like yeah. powerful stuff. Powerful, powerful is the word, yeah. Fab, we will see you next week for the season two finale, which is X and the City. In the meantime, you can find me at Juno Dawson and Dylan is at Dylan B. Jones LDN and the pair of us are at S-I-G-T-T podcast. So I got to thinking podcast. I can't believe that we've finished season two during lockdown. So just as we're coming out of lockdown, we will have finished season two. Um, So do join Dylan and I next week when we will have another special guest. Until then, take care. Bye, everyone.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.